With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hey, this is episode four. We got a good, good episode on licenses here. Going to jump right into it with uh, Southern Command. So... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're going to talk about license. We're not going to just talk about driver's license. Okay? There's a reason for this. Bouvier is 1856. If you uh, want to pull up the license doc or just look it up on your computer, it has two interesting definitions of license. One is the right given by a competent authority to do an act which without such authority would be illegal. The instrument on writing, the instrument or writing which secures a right is called a license. Now, the interesting part about this is this makes an illegal act legal. Okay? You need to think about that for a minute. If it's illegal... Okay, why do we need to turn around and make it legal? Is it illegal? A crime? Yes. If you do something that's illegal, it's a crime. But if you're giving a license to do this, it's no longer a crime. Okay? The second interesting definition. The second interesting definition is down at the bottom. License, international law. Authority, uh, an authority given by one of two belligerent parties to the citizens or subjects of the other to carry on a specific trade. Now, a lot of people talk about driver's license and stuff being under commerce. Well, they're right. But it's not under the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Right? 1856, they passed something called the Libra Code. Right? If you read my, if you read my license document that we put out there, when they created the Libra Code, they created two articles, Article 86 and 141. Basically, Article 86 and Article 41 of the Libra Code during the Civil Civil War, outlawed all commerce, it outlawed all travel, all trade, it outlawed pretty much everything. This thing, the Libra Code, has never been suspended or repealed. Okay? It never has. It's still a full force in effect today. And it is the basics, believe it or not, for a lot of our international law. Now, 
Libra Code, Article 86. All intercourse, which would be commerce, between the territories occupied by belligerent armies, whether by traffic, by letter, by travel, or by any other way, ceases. This is the general rule to be observed without special proclamation. Exception to this rule, whether by safe conduct or by permission, all right, to trade on a small or large scale, or by exchanging mail, or by travel from one territory to the other, can take place only according to agreement approved by the governments or by the highest military authority. Combinations to this rule are highly punished. Now, listen to what they said. Permission. We've been told our whole life that what is a driver's license? It's a privilege. It's permission to do something. All right? This licensing, and we're not just talking tonight about driver's license. We're talking about every kind of license. When I say every kind, I'm talking about hunting, fishing, driver's license. We're talking about journeyman's license, plumbing licenses, any kind of license or permit that you have, gun licenses. All right, every license you got. All right, falls under this. It's not falling under the Constitution. It's falling under the Libra Code. When they suspended all this stuff, they had to give us permission to do this stuff, to carry on trade, to carry on traveling, to carry to do business. That's why we have all these licenses. The reason that we're... Uh, Watching something right now, I am. A lot of you don't, aren't aware of it. But the Supreme Court of the United States is about to hear a very interesting case. Well, we're going to go into that in just a second. Anybody who's ever dealt with any kind of license, uh, a journeyman electrician, I, you know, trade license, I don't care what it is, it's only good in the state it was issued in. Only good in that state. Now, a lot of people say this, this, and this, but let me say something. The Supreme Court is about to hear a case brought by the lesbian gay community and the uh, Rainbow Coalition, from what I hear. Seems that some of these states out there allow gay and lesbians, right, to marry in their states. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Those licenses and those marriages are no good in any other states. This just came out. All right? This is why the Supreme Court is going to have to hear the case. Now, you would think, under normal circumstances, that if I have a license in Florida, all right, I can go to Texas or California and carry on that trade. A license should be a license, right? But it's not. Those licenses don't cross state boundaries. And even now they're saying marriage licenses do not cross those state boundaries. And so basically, if you have these licenses in one state, they're no good in another state. This includes a marriage license. You need to uh, look up and pay attention to what comes out 
of this Supreme Court decision because it's going to be very interesting, more than you could ever imagine. Because right now, when it comes to this license situation, there is no full faith and credit between these states at all. Absolutely none. A while back, uh, I was privileged to be uh, invited to a, a uh, conference call on this matter. The person who brought me in uh, is a friend on Facebook. And they were discussing this thing, this issue with the marriage license all right, with some people from the Rainbow Coalition, from what I was told they were. And they were mad about it. And I explained it to them. That because of the Libra Code, in 1856, and this was a shock to them, the fact that it was still running, this is why those marriage licenses are no good in other states. This is going to become uh, a very main issue in this country. Like I said, it's supposed to be going, from my understanding, to the Supreme Court. Now, a lot of people out there say that the Civil War ended. And well, let me put it like this. Under international law, there's no armistice, there's no written armistice, there's no written peace treaty. It can't end. It can never end. And that's what they intended. What the Libra Code did was it gave a whole bunch of authority. And we're going to get into some of this tonight and took away a lot of the rights of the people. Right? Because right now, we're still under a state of war. You know, a lot of people out there think that this is BS, but ladies and gentlemen, the fact that you've got a license in your pocket, you've got a business license, you've got a hunting license, you've got any kind of license, right? you've got a marriage license that's only good, apparently, from what we're hearing right now, in the state that it was issued in, it can't be. This here, the Libra Code has to be still running. That means this is occupied territories, occupied territories are operating under a form of martial law. Now, when they did this in 1863, whoever wrote the Libra Code was one smart cookie because he knew exactly what he was doing. He had no, no way, shape, or form right, was, was a fool. He put a lot of interesting stuff in this Libra Code. We're going to be going through it off and on on this show because it, everything goes back to the laws of war in this country. You might want to get onto uh, Legal Deception on Facebook and download the Libra Code and the laws of war that I have out there because we're going to be talking about this stuff a lot and we're going to be showing you where a lot of this stuff is. Now, the... When they created Article 86 and 141, they knew what they were doing. Now, in the Bible, there's a thing called Revelations. It's 317. And no man, and, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, on every, on every license you have, Business license, hunting license, there's a number, there's a name. You might want to give that some thought. 
Because without these permission slips, you can't do these things. It's a crime. All of this was turned into a crime in 1863. <coughs> Excuse me. A lot of people, uh, like I said, they still say the Civil War. I know Andrew Jackson said three times there was peace on the land. Yeah, there may have been peace, but that doesn't mean that this legal code went away. Because it hasn't. That's a fact. Now, we have something called 27 Code of Federal Regulations 72.11, Commercial Crimes. If anybody's ever read this, all crimes are commercial. That means, guess what? You can license criminal activity in this country. Anybody ever remember a guy named James Bond 007? Murder is a crime, but James Bond had a license to kill. You might want to think about that. You got somebody out there issuing licenses to do criminal activity. This criminal activity, all right, covers everything. Under this current system, they can license any crime, all right, literally any crime, any criminal activity they want. Now, that's hard for a lot of people to swallow, but people, it is. That's a fact. All right? There's no way around any of this. When they turned all this into commercial crimes, all right, they can literally license any of it. Okay? Anything in this country that's considered a crime can now be licensed under the Libra Code. All right? Now, Libra Code also through something else that's called Article 149. Insurrection is a rising of the people against the government, their government or a portion of it or against one or more, listen to what this says, of its laws or against an officer or officers of the government. It may be confined to mere armed resistance or it may be greater ends in view. This article right here basically if you break any traffic law, any traffic law, anything that they call law, you're in insurrection. This is how they're bringing us, a lot of us, into these courts. We're in, come, they're bringing us in as enemies of the state, into these courts. Now, we're going to go, get into some stuff here in just a minute. All right with property. Alright? Anybody got any questions so far? On licenses? Anybody there? Hello? Hello? Yes, Southern. I can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> say. Anybody got any questions? Nobody? Okay. What you want to do, you want to start thinking about all these licenses they're making you get. And I mean all of them. This is not just about your right to travel and drive people. It's about every license you have. 
This is not just one particular thing. If you're asking for a license to get married, all right, and you need to understand this, you are asking permission to do a crime, an illegal act. When did marriage become illegal? We need to start asking ourselves these questions. When did fishing become illegal? When did hunting become illegal? When did running a business become illegal? Carrying on, when did it happen? 1863. That's when it happened, when they created the Libra Code, right there. A lot of people out here keep running back the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Commerce Clause of the Constitution only applies to states. Right? It never applied to us. Never did. That's why in 1863 they wrote the Libra Code up. Now, we're going to get into some other other issues here because we have some problems with our these cars and our, our, our land. Everybody out here understand who's ever done any research understands the word user fruct. Right? User fruct, everybody thinks that you're registering your property to the state. Right? This is not true. Is you get in and you pull up, it's out there on legal deception, all right? International Commission of the Red Cross Rule Rule 51, and you read it. Under a state of war, and, and first off the bat, Mr. Boomer, you there? Hello? I'm here. I was muted. Go ahead. Okay, let me, let me ask you a question. You were in the military, right? Uh, yeah, I'll just say at the moment, yeah. Okay, you were in the military. All right. I don't know if you were old enough to be in World War One, were you? No. All right. What they call the what they call the people in World War One? They had a two letter name for them. GIs. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Government issue. Yes. Because everything that you had was issued by the government. Mm-hmm. When you go down and and you go in the military, they issue you everything, don't they? Yes, they have a serial number. That's right. Every it, you, in case of a notice, everything that you buy nine days has a serial number on it. I. Mhm. Everything, everything, everything. I don't care what it is, and they always want you to register it. Well, they're telling you to register it because you don't own it. Everything that you guys have ever had, your cars. Everything was seized under the laws of war, under the Libra Code and international laws of use of rock. You don't own it anymore. They do. Whoever. We're going to get into that now in just a few minutes. All right. The laws of property and use of rock. This is Dr. put out there today. Libra Code has a lot on this. We're going to start with Article 7. 
Martial law extends to property and to persons, whether they are subjects of the enemy or aliens to that government. Article 10, martial law, affects chiefly the police and collections of public revenue and taxes, whether imposed by the expelled government or by the invader, and refers mainly to the support efficiency of the army, its safety, and the safety of its operations. Article 20. Public war is a state of armed hostility between sovereign nations or governments. It is a law and requisite of civilized existence that men live together in political constitutes constituent societies forming units called states or nations whose constituents you need to look up that word it's in that it's in the documents by the way constituents bear enjoyed advanced and retrograde together in peace, in peace and in war now all this is going to be leading up to something here. The citizens of a, nat- of a native, the citizens or native of a hostile country, is thus the enemy. As one of the constituents, very interesting words, of the hostile state or nation, and as such are subjugated, all right, to the hardships of the war. Like I said, you need to go into Bouvier's. We'll get to constituents in just a minute. Article fifty thirty one: A victorious army appropriates all public money. 1933, ladies and gentlemen, they took the gold and the silver off the people. All right? That's a fact that everybody knows. They seize all public property. Anybody wonder what happens to MSOs to your cars when you buy them? They sent to the state and they generate a title. All right? A registration document for you that says state of Florida or state of California or state of Louisiana or state of Texas owns that car. All you got to do is look at the the headline on it and it tells you who owns it. Right? Until uh, further direction by this government as sequesters for its own benefit or that of the government all revenues of real property belonging to the hostile government or nation. The title to such real property remains in abeyance during the occupation or until the conquest is made complete. Well, let's look at this for just a second. What are they talking about? Revenues from all real property. How do you get revenues from real property? If you own it. All right? Revenues would instigate the fact, would insinuate the fact that you're renting something to somebody. Correct? Yes, it would. Anybody ever look on the deed to your house where it says tenant? All right. Article 32. Hold on one second. Article 38, private property unless forfeited by crimes or by offenses of the owner can be seized only by way of military necessity for the support and other benefits of the Army of the United States. If the owner has not fled, the commanding officer will give receipt, will cause receipt to be given, which may serve as a spoiled, spoiled owner 
to all indemnity. All right? Um, now, what they're basically telling people is they seized everything in 1933. They just didn't take the gold. All right? They took everything. They took the title to all property. Now, for those of you who would like to go statue and code hunting, I want to give you one right now. This is, hold on, one second. Title 50, Warren National Defense Chapter 39, Spoils of War. Spoils of War means the enemy movable property lawfully captured, seized, confiscated, or found, which has become United States property in accordance with the laws of war. This is how they're seizing your property, people. When you when you bought that car, new car, they took the MS of that vehicle. All right? You're not used to fucking them. They're used to fucking you. This is why you have to pay the insurance. You have to put a tag on their property to identify that as state property of the state of Florida, the state of Louisiana, or the state of California, or the state of Texas, or any other state. That vehicle sitting out there with that tag on it is a property of whatever state that tag is and the registration. This is why you have to have them. A lot of people think that we give our vehicles to them. No, they confiscated that vehicle the second you signed that document. They confiscated it. So it ends up as public movable property. Now, the trick word here is public. Whenever we are constituents, all right, our elected officials call us constituents, they always refer to us as the public. Now, they did this. It was a very neat little trick. They turned us into the public. They turned themselves into private corporations. <coughs> Just about everybody out there is a private corporation. That includes your courts, all right, your cities, your counties. All you've got to do is look as you're driving in, and it says incorporated on most of your city limit sites. That means any property inside that city limit side is a property is uh, it's been confiscated. If it's in that city limit side, you best believe they're operating this thing under the laws of war. Now, a lot of people out there think that they can, uh, how's the best way to say it, completely use the frock. All right, there is no completing this use of frock. What they're doing <coughs> with these cars is they're renting them back. They're making you pay for them. They're putting up the, the proceeds for that car in your pocket. They're operating this as the same way with the cars as they do with any other property. You have to go in and read the securitization document. All right? Explain securitization. When you sit down to buy that car, you sit down to buy that house, all right, there was two documents laying there, promissory note and some sort of mortgage.
the Social Security, uh, the Reserve Bank of the Treasury. And that paid off that, that, that paid off that debt. This whole thing is operating because we have no money. We keep going back to the same things. There's no money. The laws are copyrighted. <clears throat> We're getting now to the root of the problem. Once we understand the root of the problem, we can start coming up with ways to resolve this. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. There's too many people out here who who are swimming around, as I keep saying, right, in the sea with the sharks. We need to find a way out of this. Out of this. Now, the trick here with all this is they cannot take private property. All right. In 1899, under the Geneva Convention of 1899, they outlawed the taking of private property. Now, this is what they did. This is why they did the things they've done in this country, turned themselves into quote private corporations, and left us holding the bag as the public. Most of these private corporations are 501c corporations of some kind, which you go on the Internet. Uh, I don't believe I posted that out there yet. The list of 501c corporations, you're going to have a heart attack how big that list is. All right? Uh, <clears throat> we need to start understanding in order to find a way to correct this matter in our own lives. And until we can figure this out and you can come to grips with you don't own this stuff, they do. And how they took it is going to become an impossibility to work on some anything to go back and straighten this out. Now, it can be straightened out, but we're going to have to get into that later. <laughs> there is ways out of this, but you've got to study the laws of war. There is a lot of stuff in there. They can't just keep something and use it forever. forever. Well, actually, they can't. Now, one of the little deals out here Hello? Yeah. yeah. Can we hear you? Something's yeah. going on. We're we losing you. Hello? How about now? Uh, well, yeah, now time. we, yeah, we can't hear it, but for uh, probably 30 seconds, uh, there's, there's no sound. Yeah, I got a problem here. Probably on my headset. All right, you got me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You need to go look at the, at the property document. All right, because I put some interesting things in there. Uh, one of them is, I'm going to spell it for you. It's R-E-G-A-L-I-A-N doctrine. Regala doctrine. All lands of the public domain belong to the state, which is a source of any is asserted rights of ownership of land. All land not otherwise appearing to be clearly in the private ownership are presumed to belong to the state. Right? There's a case law here. It's the Bill versus National De- 
Development Company, uh, 2001. All in. The otherwise clearly appearing to be uh, privately mm -hmm. owned or presumed to belong to the state, republic, and register of deeds of queens. A Q U E D O N. Now, the problem here is we're public, right? Because we're listed as a public. You're listed as a public entity, not a private entity. On future shows, we are going to go into this very deep, right? Because we have to. We have to make some changes here in this country. And the only way we're going to be able to make them is through us. We're going to have to become private. We're going to have to start taking care of our affairs. Now, we're going to go down here and look at a couple of articles from the Hague Convention, all right, of the Hague Convention, 29 July, 1899, Article 55. Listen carefully to what this says. The occupying state shall only be regarded as usufructuary, as administer and usufructuary of the public building, real property, forest, and agricultural works belonging to the hostile state and situated in the occupied country. It must protect the capital of these properties and administer, in, in accord, administer it according to the rule of usufruct. Now, like I said, the trick word there is public property. They turned us into the public in 1933, right? We're going to go now to Hague Regulations. Again, July 29, 1899. The property right, of, the, of the communes that of religion, charitable, and educational institutes and those of arts and science, even when state property shall be treated as private property. Right, all seizure of a destruction right, or initial damage done to such institutions to his or to historical monuments, works of arts or science is prohibited and shall be made the subject of proceedings. Alright? They can't confiscate private property. They can't do it. Hague Regulation, 19, Hague Regulation 1907, Article 53. Any army or occupation can only take possession of cash funds, cash funds, and realizable securities, all right, which are strictly the property of the state. Deposits of arms means of transportation, there's that means of transportation again, stores and supplies, and generally all movable property belonging to the state, which may be used for military occupation. All right, military operations, my mistake. You need to get into this because I have a bunch of them here. There's Brussels Declaration, Article 6 of 1874. The Army of Occupation can only take possession of cash. The same thing as it says in the Brussels Declaration of uh, 1907. The Oxford Manual has two article, good articles on usufruct. One of them is Article 50 and 51 of the 1880 Oxford Manual provides rules of conduct with regard to property. 
These are all rules of war, people. Think about that for a second. They're all rules of war. All right? They're not rules of peace. These are rules of war. Article 50, all right, virtually says the same thing as the, as the uh, Brussels Convention. All right? Now, Article 51, means of transportation. Railroads, boats, as well as land telegraphs and landing cable, all right, can only be appropriated by to the use of the uh, occupiers. These their destructions is forbidden, unless it is deemed by military necessity. They are they are restored when peace is made to the condition in which they were, uh, in which and then they are. Report of of the commission of responsibility, right? Based on several documents supplied evidence of outrage committed during the First World War, the 1919 report on the Commission of, the, of on Responsibility as Violations of the Law and Customs of War, which should be subject to criminal prosecution, including confiscation of property. What these people are doing out here, is, in a lot of ways, is violation, violating of the laws of international laws of war. Because I don't, we're not literally under a state of war, but we are. They're operating that way. Inter-Allied Declaration Against Acts of Disposition. 1943 Inter-Allied Acts of Disposition Against Acts of Disposition provided. It is important to leave no doubt where, where whatsoever of the, the author of the declaration, resolution, not to accept or tolerate any misdeeds of their enemy in the field of property, however they may be, however they may be cloaked. Now, the United States Army, right, Army, United States Army Field Men in 1956, right, even talks about occupied territories. Right, this is not something new, people. This has been around for at least 150 to 200 years, if not longer. Now, now you, down here at the bottom on the property dock, you need to look up the word public, constituent, hostage, and you need to read this, these definitions because they get real interesting. And I do mean real interesting. But for those of you out there who think that we are giving our property to them, you need to understand, no, we're not. You're seizing it. You're just registering the operator. You're registering the possessor, whoever owns the property. All right? This falls right in line with your, tri- with your tax and your driver's license. All right, because you own, because they own that car. All right, they seize the title to that car. They require you to have insurance on their vehicle. I place a tag on their vehicle, register you as the operator of said vehicle. All right, and they require you to have a driver's license to drive their vehicle. Think about what I just said. All right, any questions on that? Anybody out there? Hello?
Steve, you there? Boomer? Danny, you there? Or Josie? She wolf. Anybody there? Hello? I can still hear you. Oh, you can still hear me? Is yeah. anybody got any questions? Nope. Like I said, this, this, this is what's a problem. And all these guys out here who keep saying, I have a right to travel, blah, blah, blah. Listen, people, you may have one before the leave, but COVID, you don't have one anymore. This is where this is coming from. All these guys who go, who try to play this under the Constitution of the United States, it don't fly there, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, that article that, uh, that was on commerce between the states, I don't have it pulled up right now, but trust me, this is where they're getting all this licensing stuff from, on these states. Now, you might want to also pull up, we put this out there yesterday, it's Rule 51, Public and Private Property in Occupied Territories. Notice we keep talking about occupied territories here. All right? This is, this is, a, a, when you start talking user fraud, very few people want to touch the fact that this is under military occupation. This is the only place you can do this. Rule 51, International Convention by the Red Cross. Rule 51, Occupied Territories. A, all movable property that can be used for military occupation may be confiscated. B, Immovable property, immovable public property, must be administered according to the rules of user fraud. And C, private property must be respected and may not be confiscated. Except for destruction and seizure of such property is acquired by impartive military necessity. Summary. Right? Now, it goes on here to tell you what movable property is. All right? That's anything that travels the road. Anything. This here has a, this, when we put out the Yesi, my friend Danny did in Alaska. All right? It's very good. I got several copies. All right? Immovable property. It goes right down. Private property. The protection, uh, protection of private property against confiscation is a long-standing rule of customary international law right, already recognized in the Libra Code, the Brussels Declaration, and the Oxford Manual. The prohibition against confiscation of private property, notice what they keep, right, is codified in Article 46 of the Hague Convention, right, of Hague Regulations. This prohibition, prohibition does not mean that no private property may ever be seized because, as stated in Article 53 of the Hague Regulations, all appliances, whether on land, at sea, or in the air, adopted for the transmission of news and or transport of persons or things 
deposits of arms, and generally all kinds of munitions of war may be seized, even if they belong to private individuals. Now, this is a very good read, and you need to, to, to get down and seriously read the whole thing. For those of you who ever heard of something called civil forfeiture, what is civil forfeiture? They're just coming and taking their property back. They cannot take private property, all right, without just compensation under intimate domain. So what they did in 1933, they brought you in under the code and the laws of war. That way they could seize all property and not have to pay anybody for it until a letter allegedly down the road when the war ends. But this here thing has gone on since 1933. This is 2015. I don't really think they're going to stop this anytime soon. So we're going to have to find, to turn ourselves into private and bring ourselves out of this by ourselves because they're not going to do it on their own. It just is not going to happen. All right? Any questions? No questions? Okay. Is uh, she wolf there? Steve? Is she wolf out there? Hello, Steve. Is anybody out there? <laughs> yes, I'm still with you, Southern. All right. I don't know why he's not answering. I was hoping she wolf was on here. But we, I wanted her to uh, come in on something, but I guess she's not here. Now, <clears throat> does everybody understand what's going on with these houses now and with your cars? Is there any questions? There's no questions out there, right? Boomer, you got anything? Well, I would add that uh, <clears throat> about the business of contracts and the law that you've been talking about, people should become aware and look even how this your property is even your marriage when you re- get a marriage license. Am I right? Yeah, because the bottom line, we're now finding out, like I said, you, I'm going to be paying attention to this thing with the Supreme Court. Because I'm telling you, this is serious. This Can you guys serious. hear me now? I was muted for a whole time. I was keep saying hello, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> but uh, this I was like, is... hello. I've been, I've been talking. Now I, I recalled it because I was still, uh, I'm muted. Like, I was saying hello. I was screaming, actually. It's like, anybody hear me? Please unmute me. I have a question. Um, okay. To get back what I'm saying about, that's why the, about the business of the serial numbers, the registrations. Is yeah. So you saying basically saying that when you register your car, it became their property now, since you no. you register. No. When you register the car, you're registering yourself as operator. All right. They own the car. They seize that property under the under user front under the laws of war. The day you bought the car. It was seized right then. 
your car is came with a manufacturer statement or or MSO manufacturer certificate or whichever one you want. You can look this up on the internet. Okay. That's how come do you become a private? How you how do you declare your car as a private? Well, we're we're going to get into some things. It's not it's it's a learning process. Okay. Okay. You just don't slap paperwork into something like this because the bottom line we have. Remember, we're in a state of war. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that. They just think you know. You can do this, this, or this. It's not that simple. When this state of war has existed since 1933, when the citizens out here were put under the uh, Trading with the Enemy Act, a lot of people don't want to believe this. But the fact that all of our property is controlled by the state, or you, you look at all your homes, it's controlled by the county, the city, the state, we don't own anything. Right? You and, uh, look at your bank account. Say again? As I was saying, uh, you even look at your bank account. It has a serial number on it also as well. Yeah, everything's got a serial number on it. You you buy a computer, they want you to register. Anything out there, all right? You are, they want you to register. They not you, this is not you giving it to them, okay? They already got it. They want to know who's who's using it, all right? Now we're going to get into some, some stuff later on. Lack of war do, does give remedies, all right? That nobody has, has bothered to really look at. Or explore, and we're going to get into that. How how to remedy it, right? And maybe you know, take care of a lot of the issues out here that we got going on in this country. But that, like I said, this is going to be a learning process. You just this is not something you can just fill out paperwork and, and do something with it, and the magic paperwork is going to speak for itself. It don't work that way. I wish the guy it did. If you look at your driver's I mean, everything you have, all right, you're going to notice certain things. Number one is it's always got a state and a seal of some kind on it, all right? Everything other than your certificate of life birth, all right, which was, by the way, it was also taken by the state, all right? The certificate of life birth has a says, and it has a seal. Your driver's license, your car, everything that has a state and a seal on it. That's all property of the state. All right? That's all property of the state. The state has seized it. Now, what a lot of people have, have tried to do with this car stuff is I'm a free man on the land and right to travel. Now, understand what I'm about to say. And I know a lot of people out here are going to go ape on me. The federal government doesn't care if you have a driver's license or not. They really don't. Federal government doesn't make you buy a tag. Federal government doesn't make you buy insurance. 
This stuff, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, is all being controlled by the states. Okay? Same thing with all your licenses. Pretty much all of your licenses. You look at your driver's license. The only one that matters to the federal government is the one under for commercial vehicles. As a person out here, a private person, you're not required to get a license. That's state. Okay? Again, same thing with the federal government. All right, with a lot with a lot of things out here. A lot of this is under the state and not the federal governments. All right, which is what's going on right now in the Supreme Court is going to tell a tale. Because there is no uh like I said, full faith and credit between these states on any of these licenses. All right? None. Absolutely not. That is now proven with that with uh these marriage licenses. And that's scary. Because let's go back for it for a second. If you got married in Florida, okay, can you get a divorce in California people? Anyone want to answer that question? Wilmer? Um there was that's not a contract. That with the other one. Wait a minute. That's what I asked. Yes. If you got a marriage license, you got married in Florida, and you moved to California, can you get a divorce in California? No. Right. You can't do it. That divorce would be invalid. Because in that state you were married in, you'd still be legally married. Think about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bet you nobody did. Now, that also brings up the interesting question how they're going to fix these problems. Because now that they've come to light, somebody out here had better start figuring out what they're going to do. Because this, this, like I said, this is in going to the Supreme Court as we speak. All right? Any questions? Uh, actually, I do have one. I, I know a couple of people actually who drives here without any license, and they said that they got pulled over for police a couple of times, but they uh, actually they could not do anything, so just uh, leave them alone. So I, I know actually one guy who lives here in Georgia, and he said he has no tag, he has nothing, and he drives without any tag. So he said he got pulled over a couple of times, but. Uh, he never, uh, I mean, there's, what they did was just left them alone because he handed them a piece of paper, you know, like saying that, rights, blah, 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 and everything. I drive my private property. So can you explain me this? Like, um, how is that my possible or not possible? Well, listen, you got to understand, most of these police out here don't understand what's going on. They just do what they're told. They operate from that code and statute handbook. That's right, that code and statute handbook. Now, all right. Which is a copyright. Huh? I said, which is a copyright. That is copyrighted. That is correct. Yes. There is a copy of the Florida Law Enforcement Handbook. (laughs) 
uh, their own legal deception. You might want to pop it open and read the part in about sovereign citizens. All right? They're trying to say that we're, we're a bunch of crazies out here, that we're sovereign citizens. Well, well you can be a sovereign citizen because, you see, a sovereign citizen means you still a free man but a slave because citizen is another word for a slave. So you can be both. You can be. You have to be either sovereign or you have to be a citizen. Well, let me explain this. Sovereign citizen, were, the term, was created back in the uh, late 80s all right, by a gentleman I, who I won't name who works for a certain law firm out there in Louisiana, all right, uh-huh. to, demonize, to demonize anybody, all right, who thought they were, quote, unquote, above the law. Of what law? Sorry. Now, this, this person, these people all want to tell you that the sovereign citizen movement, all right, is, you know, these people are all a bunch of crazies. Well, Danny, this week, put uh, some court cases out there. And he, uh, I will get him to put them on out there again and put them on uh, legal deception uh, in, a, in a Word doc where you can go in and you can pull up the cases and look at them yourself. Uh, the federal and Supreme Court stating that we are sovereign. This is the federal government seeing this, people. Okay? The federal government. Profiling. Profiling. No, they're not profiling. They are the federal courts and the United States Supreme Courts have ruled that we are sovereigns. I know. I'm talking about that we've been profiled if we say we're sovereign. We've been profiled as a sovereign citizen, which saying that uh, for a law enforcement officer, it seems that you are a uh, homemade terrorist. That's what it means. Like I heard, I read it somewhere that says yeah. if you declare yourself a sovereign citizen, it gives them a red flag stating that you are a uh, home, homegrown uh, terrorist, something like that. Let me ask you a question, okay? All right, and I have an answer for that. When one of these, when one of these people say, "Well, you wanted them sovereign citizens." You ask them a question, one simple question. So are you saying I'm a slave or a prisoner of war? And that gets them every time. What, what do you mean? Well, if I'm not a sovereign citizen, you ain't my public servant, then I must either be a slave or a prisoner of war. It's that simple. All right? These people, these people don't... You notice one thing. The federal courts is it, always the federal courts in the Supreme Court, all right? Like I said, I'll get the to post that, who say we're sovereign citizens. These states do not say that. you got to understand, everybody wants to demonize the federal government, all right? It's always the federal government is bad, all right? The states are always protecting from the federal government. But I don't know of a single gun license in the federal government. Are you far, are you... Uh, Pistol licenses, pistol permits, and all this. Stuff. It's all local people. It's not federal government. The only thing they have on, on, on firearms, and that's and a firearm is a machine gun, right? It's a machine gun, a silencer, a sawed-off rifle, and a sawed-off shotgun. 
That's for ATF manual. Okay? That is the AT Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, their own manual. It's a $200 stamp. But yet, you turn around in these states, you're supposed to have one of the Second Amendment to the Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms. But now, think about what I'm about to say very carefully now, very carefully. If they are requiring you to get a license to do that, they have just made the Second Amendment to the Constitution illegal in these states. They're telling you it's illegal. Anybody got any questions on that? So why is it illegal if it's already protected by the Second Amendment? Say it again, please. I said, why is it illegal if it's already protected by Second Amendment? Bear, I mean, you can anyone can bear arms, right? Under the federal, under the federal, it is protected. Uh, under the federal. But don't you don't don't the states has to bound by the federal court uh, decisions like Supreme Court case decisions? I mean, they bound they, it actually, but decisions they, of Supreme Court that everyone has a right to bear arms me, by the Second Amendment. Let me, I think let me say something. What is a decision? What is a case? It's an opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. It has no lawful authority. It's an opinion. Think about it for a second. All right? You got to if, if I'm a judge and I give you uh, uh, an opinion, it's something that it is. Okay? Why aren't these states and these counties abiding by it saying you need a, a license? This is what you need to start asking people. Because they're telling you point blank, we just made the Constitution, because it was Second Amendment to the Constitution, and therefore the entire Constitution. <laughs> Everybody understand that? Is there any questions? Hello? Yeah, can you? Sorry, can you repeat again? Uh, no, so I couldn't hear you for a couple of seconds again. Okay, you what you got here is if this, this state or any state is telling you you need a license, which is a permission to do an illegal and therefore criminal thing. They're telling you they just outlawed and made illegal the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Think about it. Now, the Second Amendment of the Constitution has been made illegal by that state. That means the whole damn thing's been made illegal, right? Yeah. Correct or not? Yes, correct. And just make part of something illegal, you've got to make the whole damn thing illegal. So if you need any kind of license to carry a, a firearm, you're violent, they're, they're, they're in violation of the Second Amendment. Because now they made that, that Second Amendment illegal by Bouvier's 1856. And it's always the state people that are doing this. It's a state driver's license. It's a state business license. Like I said, the one thing you need to get through everybody tonight is this isn't the federal government. This is the states doing this. The federal government is not out here 
carrying that you you carry on how you carry on your business affairs. Okay, they don't care. They really don't. It's the states that are doing it. I was an electrician for thirty years. If I went from one county in my state to another county, I had to get a different, a new journeyman's license in that county. And you need to think about that. If you if you go from one town to another town, all right, and you have a business in one town, and you open up a new business, you got to get a new license. Everything, this whole license thing in these states is totally gone overboard, and it's gone crazy. And it's about to get a real heated argument, I think, when this stuff hits that Supreme Court up there. Uh, Southern, I have to yes. step out for just a little bit, take care of something, a uh, neighbor's house. I'll be right back with you. Okay. Anybody got any questions? No, about this, no, but um, uh, still didn't understand about the right to travel. Can you explain the right to travel? Okay. Like I said, under the Libra Code, this all falls back under the Libra Code, this license. All right, because let me, let me say this. The license before that, the, the only license to travel before the labor code, and this can be looked up online, you need to look up slave license to travel. Slave license to travel right, was a law created in Virginia in the uh, 1600s. Okay? If a slave left the plantation, he needed a permission slip from the master right, to travel. Right? If he was, I believe that law stated that if he was found on the road without that permission slip called a license to travel, he was given 39 lashes and taken back to his master. All right? That's in this license doc, as a matter of fact. All right? Now, as far as everybody having a right to travel, listen, under the federal government, you, have, you can travel from sea to shining sea, okay, from the tip of Key West all the way up to Canada. They don't care. Remember, it's a state license. These state licenses. And when you go from one state to another state, people, you always got to get a new license. All right? There, you know, there is no full faith and credit here. Now, when it comes down to the right to travel, we're, tra- we, we're working on some stuff right now to bring this out because there's more going on with that license than you know. There's a name game going on with the license. Now, a lot of people out there, a lot of people say that the the, uh, the driver's license is a commercial card. Let me tell you something. Yes. I live in Florida. All right? In Florida, the back of that card of a driver's license, all right, a standard driver's license states, and I got it right here. I'll quote it. Quote it. Right here. Hold on just one second. It states that this is a non-commercial license. Okay? This is a non-commercial license. All right? If you look, if anybody in the state of Florida 
in your state turn your driver's license over. It's in a lot of states. Read the back. Unless you have a commercial uh, driver's license and a CDL or something like that, you're holding a non-commercial license. So it's uh, so you're saying that uh, we're not driving on the commercial, right? If we, uh, we have oh, a license, it's not on, on uh, it's not commercial. Even it says a commercial because uh, a lot of places I read the research saying that if you drive an operating car, which is you are driving in commercial. Well, how do you figure? Are you conducting uh, business with your car? No. No. No, you're not. There's a there's a these guys. Yeah, I understand what they're saying about commerce, but they're not telling you. What commerce? All right. See, like I said, under the Commerce Clause of the Constitution. Uh, hold on one little second here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Commerce Clause, that's Constitution. Article 1, all right, Section 8 of Congress, all right, to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with Indian tribes. It don't say nothing about regulating commerce between me and you. It doesn't. Where that came in was in 1863 under the Lever Code. And it's that simple. That's why they did this. Now, do you have a right to drive, to travel? Yes. But I, here's where they're getting you guys. That car, that vehicle, that movable property belongs to them. As long as it does, they get to dictate the terms of everything. Now, there's some people out there driving without the tags and this, that, and the other. You know why? They don't want to tell you the truth. They don't want you to know the truth about how they got possession of that car. They will do anything to hide that fact. We've had some incidents. We've done some things in some courts to try to bring this out. They mm-hmm. ain't letting it happen. They're not letting it happen. I mean, flat out, they are not letting it happen. Why? Oh, yeah, Why? because if everyone knows, then, you know, it's kind of a big imagine, thing. Well, imagine telling 330 million people in this country that you're living in an occupied nation, okay, by, all right, what the consequences of that might be. You're living under a military-occupied government. Think about the consequences. Okay? Because that's basically yeah. what they have to have to come out and state. So you're basically uh, saying that we are, if we have a whole license, that we are slaves of the state. Right? No, I didn't say that. No, uh, no. I said, if you're holding a license of any kind, you are doing an illegal act that is now being licensed. Never thinking about slaves. Now we going to we. I. Now we can get into to capitalist and minus maximus in just a minute, but that license because now you got a hunting license, fishing license, marriage license, and everything else. All these different licenses. That is an illegal act that you're being given permission to do. 
the only place, think about it, all of this is illegal, okay? The only place that you will find out how this was made illegal is under the Libra Code. That's where, that's the only place. Because otherwise they could not, they couldn't regulate this, do this. They have to have a basis, you follow me? For them to give you that license. Now, I'll go into another little secret. We have checked this out and verified it. None of these licensing agencies, they all they do is issue the license. They don't regulate nothing. They're just a licensing issuing private corporation. Think about what I just said. You're going to a private corporation to get permission to do something that's illegal. Okay? Is there any questions on that? Hello? No. no. Okay. It's not that you're a slave. Now, the name on that thing, uh, we have walked this into a couple court cases under Capitus Dominius Maximus, the all-capital name, and it's being either a slave or a prisoner of war on that driver's license. And if you want to see some people in a courtroom uh, go absolutely white, you start bringing that up and asking that question because they, they don't have an answer. There is, there's absolutely nowhere for them to go. That all-capital name on that driver's license is not a trust. If that's you on that driver's license and that ID that you have to do one of two things under Capitus Dominius Maximus, a slave or a prisoner of war. All right? You can look that up, by the way, on uh, on the Internet. There is no if, ands, or buts. You're one of the two. We have brought this in several times to court cases you know, with a driver's license. And like I said, the people don't want to answer that all-capital name when you start bringing this up. Now, another question that you might want to start asking about licenses. You might want to ask why you need one. All right? Yeah, why do I need one? And most of the time, because you just do. You know, the reason you need one is because of this war. All right? And the bottom line is we're working on some things right now uh, where we're going to go in and start addressing this stuff. All right, point blank. If I if I am if I'm under this 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 stuff, all right, I want you to tell me how. And they won't do it. They can't do it. This will blow their whole little fraud system right out of the water in a heartbeat. What they got going on here? Because we're we're right now at the root of the issues. All right, everybody else, you know, a lot of people out there. They're playing around these codes and statutes and stuff like this. All right? Be my guest. But the bottom line, that book, when you open it up, all right, it's copyrighted. Everything in it is copyrighted. You can't use it. All right? All your codes, rules, the only thing that's not copyrighted in this country, all right, boils down to your statutes at large of public law of Congress. You'll find that uh, actually in the United States Code under 1, USC 112. All right? You might want to read 112 and 113 under 1 USC. 
It states out very clearly. The United States Code, I, is prima facie evidence of the law. It is not the law. It's prima facie evidence. I, that is uh, under the preface of 1940, 1945, 44 statutes at large, section 1. All right, I'll put a copy of that out there this week if I can. Your state's constitutions, all right, they're all copyrighted. All this stuff, it, it doesn't really exist. They're just telling you it does. All right, it's the same thing with a driver's license. If you look up the, the, your driver's license laws, in your states, you don't find out. They're copyrighted. They're private law. They do not apply to you. I'm listening to your radio. Huh? You said... Uh, could you mute that out for a second? Steve, you there? If you're not. But the, the, bottom, the bottom line uh, out here is if you have a license in your pocket, you're doing something illegal. You need to start asking yourself, why is this illegal? Especially when it comes to, to guns and traveling and stuff like this. Why is this illegal? I remember, they're always telling you that, that driving's a privilege. Yeah. Uh-huh. But very few people have ever asked why it is a privilege. We need to start asking the right questions, people. It's that simple. You start asking the right questions, you're going to find out. As I'm hoping that uh, she Wolf would be on here. She'll, she'll tell you. You start asking the right question, these people don't want to talk to you. Because they don't have an answer. All right? Other than, well, that's the way it is. Well, why? They can't tell you. There's a lot of them out there that know they can't tell you. Okay. Anybody out there got any questions? Steve, you there? She Wolf, you there? You got everybody muted? <laughs> Unmute everybody. Hello? Hello. She Wolf. You know I had to I had to call back in cuz everybody was left on mute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. You're the one I wanted in here. Why don't you tell them what what little great news you got this week? What happened? Oh, I was just talking to one of your listeners. Um Boomer was on. And I told him that um well, I lost my house on um, approximately April the 9th or April the 10th. They finally came in and did a, re, um, a writ of possession. They threw all my things out of the house. And my home was looted, and they stripped everything. I'm talking about AC units and everything. And, um, you know, I'm filing some documents into the court. And... Um, some of us here, which we won't discuss that too much, but we are private American citizens, civilians, nationals, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. But we file 
certain documents into the court, and within approximately 10 days, um, I called the property appraiser on Monday because I wanted to get some information about the land parcel that they sold. And um, when I called, they told me that, um, why did I want the information? And I said, well, I just want to make sure that I send my, um, my you know, I'm doing a, uh, I'm requesting some information about the land. So they asked me why I wanted to know. And um, they told me that that was my land and my house. So, um, you know, like they were trying to make me happy by telling me that. So um, I asked them to repeat what they had told me, and they said, well, that's your house and that's your land. And I said, no, that's not my house. You sold my house. You Actually, you stole my house, and then you sold it. And you threw all my belongings out, and um, I needed to ask some questions. Uh, you know, I'm making a financial request. To get, you know, I want some financial information from them and documentation. So uh, the gentleman again said, no, on April the 23rd, we returned your house. It's not showing yet. Um, give them 10 days, and you're going to see that the bank just returned your house back to you. And I said, yeah, but... Why did you throw all my belongings out? And he says, I can't answer that question, but I can just tell you that the bank just gave you back your house and your land. So, you know, um, it's been returned to you with full faith and credit. So I actually, um, I never applied for bankruptcy, and I never uh, went into the federal courts, and I did it all from the local state courts. And I never stepped foot in the courtroom. Yay. Congratulations. Yay. So we're we're doing things and we're making leaps and bounds here. And um, we're not done yet, but I just, you know, want to tell people that based on the fact that all commerce has been suspended since the Libra Code, you basically have to have a license for everything that you do. And that being the case, when you don't answer, like, any summons, anytime someone gives you a court summons or you're getting a bill in the mail that says you owe 90 bucks for your cable or 150 bucks for your phone bill, if you don't answer that, it becomes truth in commerce. And you're going to say, why do I care? It's just the corporation sending me a bill, you know, and I don't have to answer. I don't want to answer it. You do have to answer it, people. And if you believe that that is not your bill, then you dispute it. If you have a problem paying your bill, let's be fair here, people. Right now, the only thing we have are debt instruments. If you can't pay your bill, then make a payment arrangement. Make a payment arrangement that you can afford. If you could only afford a dollar a month, then send them a money order for a dollar a month. I'm going to tell you a little story real quick because I don't want to drag it out, but I have a relative of mine who accidentally shot a hole and blew a hole right through his hand, and he had to have an emergency operation. 
He didn't have any medical insurance. He's like most of us Americans here. We're all self-employed. We all, you know, we just can't afford that Obamacare or any insurance. We walk into a usually an urgent care center, and we get billed later. So that's what happened to him. He had a $30,000 bill, and he tells me, I don't know what I'm going to do. They keep harassing me. I don't have the money because he's recovering. So he sent them a dollar a month. And they took him to court, and they were suing him now for the remaining balance with late fees. Now the bill is probably like 60000 with all the late fees. The case was automatically thrown out of court because under Truth and Commerce, if you give them a dollar a month and they cash that check for payment, you're paying the bill. Just because you can't pay them what they want you to pay them, you pay them what you can pay them. And, you know, I, you know, I always say equity works both ways. You know, like these these corporations, you know that they are really surviving based on the fact that you're taking something from them, you're getting a service or something, or you buy something, you know, um, and you, you make that agreement. You sign the contract, so you need to make some kind of a payment, and when you can't pay them, let me tell you, they will work with you. Uh, you just never try it. You want to, I'm telling you, Southern, because remember yeah. the one about the car? Mm-hmm. Remember the car, my daughter? Yep. She told them that we. my daughter has a $300 car payment. She just relocated, and she didn't have money for a couple of months. The bank says, okay, she says, I don't have any money to pay you with. What can I pay you with? You know what they asked her? Tell me, what do you have? She says, I have a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> I'm going to put it in. She really did say that now. She says, I have something of value, and it's a roll of toilet paper, and I'm going to put it in an envelope, and I'm going to send it to you with the account number written on there. Okay? <laughs> he sent that roll of toilet paper with the account taken on there, and I think they credited her a dollar or two dollars for that roll of toilet paper. It, so, she will. You if think it, that they won't take your payment? They will take the payment. She did get the receipt back for two dollars. I'm gonna tell you right now. Mm-hmm. See, everybody needs to read that money doc. Yes, they everybody. do. They also need to read the securitization document that's out there on legal deception. Because every everything you need to know about money and securitization is right there in those two documents. That's true. The money doc is very important. And um, another thing, now, when we're talking about money and securitization, and we tell you there is no money, um, there really is no money. Those are security instruments that you're using. Actually, they're all debt instruments, including your Social Security number. When we talk about, yeah, the banks are robbing you, they are because, you know, when you sign the contract, you got like 10 11% interest. There's a whole bunch of people making money from that signature. And that's when we try to tell you to realize that your signature is more worthy than any dollar in your pocket. Yeah, and uh, another thing that I was listening to Southern talk to you guys about your ID cards, um, they're actually de facto government IDs. 
And that was proven. Mr. Anthony. Huh? That little incident with Anthony and Camaro. Yeah. What's her name? She actually admits it. Carmel Gaffaro is from Channel 7 News in Miami. And she asks um, Mr. Williams a question, and he tells them that he doesn't use the ID cards that the state uses. And she says, yeah, uh, you have this ID. You're walking around. This is not a, she says, so you're saying that you don't carry a de facto government ID. So you need to be looking up the word de facto. I put it on my wall today. And it says that it's not created by law. That's what de facto means. It's just there. It's being used, but it's not law. It's presumed a fact. It's presumed that it's correct. It's being presumed. It's something like a presumption, but it's not. And it's a fact. You can walk around and say, yeah, I have this ID card. And the government says, yeah, we require everyone to use it, but it's not law. It's not lawful, and it's not created by law. It's created by the corporation. Well, uh, let me say something on that. Mm-hmm. All right. If you get into the laws of war, it states that every, that the people in occupied territories are supposed to have an ID card. And it even tells you what's supposed to be on that ID card. And it pretty much it pretty much matches the driver's license that you people have. It also right. states under the laws of war, 1949. Uh, as, a, uh, as a matter of fact, it goes all the way back to 1907. All right, that whenever you're approached, all right, a prisoner of war must present an ID. Must present it. This is where these police officers out here are running under international laws of war, because when they pull you over and say, "Get." Give me your driver's license. They're actually asking you for your ID. Now, under the 19, uh, hold on a second, I think it was 1998 or 96, uh, Identity Theft and Assumption Act, they can't ask you for identification. All right? You need to look that law, that statute at large up and read it. All right? But under the laws of war in these states, they're using this thing as an identification card, all right? And not the driver's license. That's why everywhere you go, everybody always asks you for your ID, which is your driver's license. You want to cash a check, all right? You want to open a bank account. You always got to present that identification, all right? Now, this, this, this is another thing with this driver's license. The driver's license is that this is doubling as a, as a permission to drive. It's doubling as an identification card, okay? And uh, it's just multiple things that are going on with this driver's license right now. These, these guys who, who created this stuff created a very good fraud because they never expected us, did they, she was, to go into those laws of war. And start pulling this right, stuff out. right. I think they're using a lot of this stuff under commerce too, because you know, if you notice that all of these other licensing, like you said earlier, they're not being regulated by anybody, and they don't have no jurisdiction. No, they don't. No one has jurisdiction over the other corporations, and we've called several secretaries of state 
you know, where you get the um, licensing from. And they said that even though, this is word for word, they told me even though they give out the licensing, uh, they do not regulate them. No matter what kind of license, they have their own commissions um, that would regulate them if they want to. And it appears that the only one that is regulating is the driver's license that people use. It's a license but they're using it as commerce as well, just like any other business license they're using. And they're charging people with uh, violations holding that license. Because if you go in and say a doctor, he writes out a thousand prescriptions and he um, is over-prescribing, you would have to go to a certain board and that and that doctor would have to be reported to a certain group of people that are over them. And if they feel like charging that doctor with a violation, they will. But if, but in most circumstances, uh, I've read cases within different states where they said they had their hands tied. They had uh, no one could do anything about what they were doing. But when you really look at it, we the people are the ones holding those driver's licenses and they send the policing units out to pull people over and charge them. Mm-hmm. You know, that I believe that's one of the greatest frauds. It is. Because, the, 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 well, it all goes back to the Libra Code. And this mm-hmm. is what a lot of people don't understand. Once, they, once we can get people to understand, she walked, that this is all underneath the Libra Code. Right. Okay? Because we're classified under this as public citizens. Then we can right. start working on the solution to these problems and making this stuff go away. They're not going to be happy campers mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I correct on that? Well, yeah, and, and not only that, but um, if you notice, they always go after the public citizen for fishing. You know, it's like oh, um, having a firearm, driving, uh, traveling, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, usually they go after the, the public all the time uh, to charge them, but they don't go after the corporations. No, they don't. They never go after the corporations, hardly ever. No, I've not seen them really go too much after the corporation when they're in violation, and they too have to have a license. You have a beauty salon, they have to have a license. If you're a nail tech, you have to have a license. And uh, when you have that license, you're doing business. Mm-hmm. But the people, I guess they get an extra tax by them going out, physically going out there, and you get so many victims a day. They go in and charge you. And um, they figured once they charge you, you don't have no, um, they don't create any really laws out there for you to defend yourself. I think the only way is you're just going to have to separate yourself and when you get charged, you have to realize that the word charge is a bill. They're charging you for something, and you're going to have to dispute the bill. Otherwise, you're going to be caught into the court realm trying to defend yourself. And once you're in there, they, they cannot really, I mean, unless you're really savvy, <laughs> they want you to pay the bill. Because you're waste, you know, they're taking their time. They're sitting in the courtroom. Uh, you're going in there, you're doing, I don't even, for the life of me, I see people, they walk in the courtroom and the judge tells them what to say. 
and the people say exactly what they tell them to say, and they just continue along with what they're doing, and um, then they get to um, continue with their act, and you're you're locked in the court having to pay a bill. Uh, comment. Yes. I was going to say perhaps you or Southern would like to elaborate on the use of the all cap name on these, whether it's a driver's license, whether it's a marriage license, or even a uh, birth certificate. As declaring you as a corporation, correct? No. What is that? No. Is that all cap? Okay. We asked somebody one time, remember, she will? Was that on on that driver's license? They said yes. Yeah, they. Now, if that name is all capital letters, that falls under capitalist immediate maximum. Yes. So you can own the only two things. The capitalist immediate maximus covers is slaves and prisoners of war. Okay, that's what I was getting to. Now, in 1926, the you can look this up online, the Slavery Convention of 1926 outlawed all forms of slavery globally. So that leaves only one thing, and we have brought this up in a courtroom uh, here in where I live at. I was there. I watched what this guy did, how he handled it. He addressed the fact that he was either a slave or a prisoner of war right in open court, caught the people so far off guard with this that the prosecuting attorney walked out of the courtroom. He just turned around and walked out. And the judge wouldn't have nothing to do with it. We, we've been working on several things. I've done several things like that with people. And here recently we had a judge walk out of a courtroom because of that. They do not want to talk about that all capital name or anything. Especially, especially not any document called a license. Mm-hmm. Because when Steve did that, and we're not talking to Steve on the show here, another guy, when he addressed that map thing down here where I live at, he did it in such a way that, I'm telling you, they did, they did not want to touch it. They really don't want to discuss this in the courtroom. Well, you remember when I um, bought the fictitious name, mm-hmm. and I called the state, and I told them that um, the property appraiser was putting everything under the capital name on my documents? Mm-hmm. What did they tell me? Well, you do have a right to the fictitious name. You did purchase it, so you have a right to ask them how they're using the all-capital name. Remember they said that, the state? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I called um, the property appraiser back, and I said, I want to ask you. You you have all these documents written in the all-capital name, and I have a right to ask you how you're using it because that's mine. I said, I have a right to use it too. So she told me to prove to her that I had a right to use the name when I showed her that I had made a purchase of the fictitious name for a book that I was writing. The woman became extremely upset, screaming at me on the phone, telling me that is not a corporation. So I told her, if that is not a corporation, you have to tell me what this all-capital name means here on these documents because you are now infringing on my rights to the use of the name, and I need to know how you're using it. Did you use it as an LLC, incorporation, subcorporation? Tell me how you're using this name. She says, it's you. 
And I said, no, that's not me, ma'am, because I just proved to you that that's not me. I'm using it, too. I'm using it for a reason, though, as, and I'm going to capitalize on it. How are you using me? So she got so mad at me, she hung up. And I called the mayor's office, and that woman had to call me back in five minutes and ask me how she could help me again. I said, you're going to help me when you tell me how you're using that all capital name. She would not answer my question. For a whole week, we were doing the runaround between that capital name, and they refused to tell me how they were using that capital name. I said, okay. I'm going to give that to you in writing now because you don't want to tell. You know what? They will not answer the question. Did you notice something? Your certificate of buy first is not in all capitals, right? But the birth certificate in, in every state I've seen is in all capitals. And that comes from the state, right? That does not come from the Federal government, that comes from the state people that all capital name. That birth certificate does. Now, is there a trust associated with that? Yes, there is. Right? But when they tell you that's you, you need to find out. You need to look up Capitalist Dominius Maximus. Well, first of all, anyone listening to this show, from this day forward, you better separate yourself from that name, number one. Number two, yeah. you better not write your name when you sign off on paperwork like the name on that birth certificate. If you have a nickname or you have, you, you need to use another name, your nickname or an initial, but you better not write the name on that birth certificate. Because if you do, you've just given them consent. Um, and if you can help it and you're being summoned into court, you get a summons, uh, you're going to go to court on whatever date, write them a letter and say, who are you writing this to? You left this on my door and you put your initials on there. Or you put your first name or your nickname, but do not write the name that is on that birth certificate, people. I'm sorry to tell you that that's the name your mom and dad gave you, but you cannot use it. You're going to have to develop a name or something. Make yourself a nickname, and you're going to have to use that for all of your signing off papers because I've read hundreds of different types of documents, and each time that you claim to be that all-capital name in any way, shape, or form, then you are going to be held responsible for uh, that uh, contracting and uh, contracting with the contracting agent. Uh, I'm trying to look something up here I want to read. So go ahead for a minute. Yeah, and um, like what we were talking about money, you know, we got to really start. And, and, yes, the corporations are going to say, yeah, I want you to pay with this or that. But, like, I got a question about somebody said I want cash or uh, money order credit card, and you just tell them, but you said to pay, those are instruments that you can pay by. They are, or I said, uh, discover and MasterCard and cash and currency. That is not a currency, people. Money order is not a currency. Those items that they're saying that they want you to pay with, you tell them that is not a currency and that is not a species of currency. I need to know what 
specie of currency do I pay with? And I will tell you, they will try to trick you. But you clarify that letter with them and say, I need for you to tell me what species of currency are we operating this business with because those items that you're listing on there is not a species of currency. It isn't. I had a CEO call me from the light company about two days ago because they received my letter for species of currency and the person tried to tell me this very same thing, the light company. And I said, that is not a species of currency, man. You better go look into your dictionary there. That is not a species of currency. They stayed quiet for about a minute and then said, okay, send me your request again. you got to be adamant. That is not a species of currency. Since when is a Discover card listed under... The United States government has a specie of currency, people. How about a MasterCard? Is that a specie of currency? That according to Florida Statute 560.103 definition of currency, it's not. Yeah. How about a wire transfer? That's not a specie of currency, people. Come on now. Once you get them to tell you the specie of currency, and they can't do it because they just can't. That's when you know you have a little bit more leverage to start using whatever you have on hand to pay them. What if you didn't have a MasterCard? What if you didn't have a Visa? A lot of people can't afford that. Did they ask you if you had those items on hand when you're doing business with them? If you didn't have it, someplace you'll go somewhere and they won't even take more than a $50 bill. That's because the private corporations don't. They don't have to. They don't have to. Um, I'm going to read something here from Bouvier's. Okay. Let me look this one little thing up, money. Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on one second. This is Booby's 1856. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Maxim's the law. Whatever is paid is paid. Whatever is paid is paid according to the manner of the payer. Not the not the person receiving, but the person who's doing the paying. Think about what he's saying there. Whatever is the definition you're looking up there? This is Maximum Law, Movie Ace, eighteen fifty six. Whatever is paid is paid according to the manner of the payer. P A Y O R people, you're the payer. That's right. Uh huh. There's a this here's another one. He who does not know what he ought to pay, by does not want poverty in not paying. Louis Maximal Law again. Money refused liberates the debtor. Very interesting. Very telling. 
money refused. That means if you send a $1 money order because that's all you have, that's and what it's it refused, you just wiped away your debt. And at least you're trying to pay. A lot of you people just walk away from your debts and you don't send anything in. And, and you know, you, you just let it go and it turns into a big mess. If you don't have the money right now, give them what you can give them, even if it's a dollar. Well, yeah. And you have a big debt, you pay a dollar a month if you can. At least you're making a payment. That's right. And it keeps you out of the courthouse. As long as you're making a good faith credit. Yeah. A good faith effort. All right. Yeah, that's right. You're trying to keep up good faith value here because you're saving face here. At least you're making a payment. But that that are, that right there is where they got 3-603 at uh, under the UCC, that if you mm-hmm. refuse to tender, the debt is mischarged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you if you start getting people, if you start getting in these maximum of the laws, mm-hmm. fifty six is out there on the uh, on the uh, thing. I don't know if we've got it posted on legal deception, but if we don't, we will get it out there. I'll get it out there to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right. But you need to go into these and start reading some of this stuff. It gets really interesting. <clears throat> here's one. I'm going this. Here's something Bouvier says on names. You ready for this? Uh-huh. Names are the symbols of things. It's a maximum of the law. Names are mutable, all right, but things are immutable. Names are the notes of things. If you know not the name of things, the knowledge of the thing themselves perishes. Uh, a name does not suffice if there, if there be not a thing by law or by fact. In other words, if you got just a name and you got nothing to stick it on, it's no good. A name is, as it were, the note of a thing. So basically, that's all your name is. Your real you're real bringing, You're bringing the name to life. When you go in there and you say that to me, and um, uh, that name is just, something on paper, ink on paper, right? That's a charging instrument. When you sign off on it, you come in, you're answering your... You're saying that that's you. You brought that instrument to life. Well, whenever you go into these courts, remember one thing. There, everybody, when you... The judge asks you for your name and, and you state your name, he's looking at an all-capital name sitting there. And this is where we got to separate that. Because they can't bring in the non-all-capital name. They can only bring in something they can, that they created and controlled. All right? And how do you know it's you? You don't. If you my don't name know. was John Doe, and they call in a John Doe, and you 20 John Does come in there, how do you know that's you that they called in? Or did they give you any other way to identify you except for saying the word John Doe? Nope, and you will never see a social security number used in a courtroom. That's right. You will never see it used in a courtroom. Nope. They will never do it. So bottom line, you don't, when you go in those courtrooms, like I said, what you're being called in there is the all-capital name. 
That is not a trust, people. It is not. You're being called in that. In that courtroom is a prisoner of war. Wait, guy, there was a guy in there in your show right now talking about the um, sovereign citizen. But, you know, the problem that we have is I know he's talking about your um, <clears throat> FDLE handbook mm-hmm. where they talk about Chapter 50, the sovereign citizen. And right now it's not a good idea for you to even challenge them on being the sovereign citizen because the states are condemning the sovereign citizen. That's right. If you call yourself a sovereign they're going to, they could even kill you. That's why, you know, we're not, you know, I know you're saying that there's federal cases, but uh, the local police don't care about federal cases. Remember, they have, they get pardoned for ignorance is no excuse for the law. And they're not going to go based on you telling them, well, this federal case says that the sovereign citizen is recognized. The state is going to say, well, we have it listed under here that the sovereign citizen is, is a dangerous person and a domestic terrorist. Mm-hmm. I think it's just safe right now for people not to even say that right now and not even challenge it because they're claiming that. And right now, being that that is in the handbook, um, that's not something you want to mess with. You know, and besides, why do you want to give yourself a title when you already know who you are, you have your. If you know that you have inherent rights, why even bother? When they say sovereign citizen, say, are you declaring yourself a sovereign citizen? Who are you talking about? Because you really don't want them giving them a title or stereotyping them, because that's what they're doing right now. They're in this mode where they're stereotyping people. I know. Remember, we're out in the state. We don't even know where the federal zones are unless you're in a federal courthouse. Right now, when you're out in the state and you're walking around as a civilian, uh, the the officers, you know, they're they're the ones that have stuff in their manuals. Uh, <clears throat> describing certain types of individuals and when you act a certain way, they want to come up to you and say, I think you, you know, oh, he qualifies for our Chapter 50. Well, He's doing this, this, and that, and that's not really what's happening. People are just standing up for their inherent rights and they want to label you as a sovereign citizen and that you're dangerous, but I'm sure half of these officers out there don't even know why they're saying what they're saying. Because actually in that manual uh, chapter that you put out there, it didn't say why the people were dangerous. It just said they were, and it was leading to a lot of deaths. That's not true. Sovereign citizens aren't trying to uh, challenge. They're afraid of them because the people are just trying to stand up for their inherent rights the right to be left alone. Yeah. And well, and the officers, you know, they're being told that these people are behaving dangerously. You can call them a sovereign. Well, the good reason that I downloaded that, you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. You know, but you know why I kept a copy of that? Because if anything ever happened... That was happened, a good thing to put out there. Huh? Well, you know, you know why I did it? Uh-huh. It's copyrighted. They ever it's not only copyrighted, but the fact of the you, matter is, is that you're you're 
your stereotype it shows that they're stereotyping people and um labeling them as dangerous and they're really not dangerous people there is no such thing people you are just declaring your inherent rights don't let them give you a title because that's not even true people aren't walking around there i mean that i know of i don't think people are out there calling themselves sovereign citizens Well, like I said, Danny's got a, a list of, of uh, case laws, federal and Supreme Court, and it's always the federal and Supreme Courts that say that we're sovereign. It's never the states. Right. Never, states aren't going to say it. No, they're not. They have opened – all that's going to take is one state court to say that, and it, this is all – it's all finished. Right. You know. Yeah. You can just say every man is for himself and we're all unique. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I'll That's let it. you take over now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're doing a good job. Any questions out there? Anybody out there? I don't know. A lot of people, it's like automatic. They were automatically muted. Mm. If you got any questions, star six yourself and come in. It's just star six and come in. They'll unmute you. No questions? I think they have to recall in because that's what I had to do. I had to hang up and call you because when I went to star six, it said that... Um, we couldn't use that function. You know, why is it only we're having problems with this? Hey, you I don't that? know. I, I mean, I called in, and then it said after the show started that everybody was muted, and um, I tried to unmute myself, and then I had to hang up and call back in. <laughs> yeah, our second show on money got, got cut off. Mm-hmm. Seems like somebody doesn't want this show going on, doesn't it? Wow. Who's the one running your show? Stevens. Because that way they can unmute you. Well, anybody can start. You should be able to start six on any show and come in. I yeah, really, well, I, somebody's got it on automatic lockdown. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was unmuted a couple of months, uh, a couple of hours ago, actually, and then I called back so I could unmute myself. Because I was right, me too. I had to call back in to unmute myself and join in on the show. Yeah. All right, well, anybody got any questions? No questions? Nope. Well, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope it was educational. And documents, like I said, excuse me? I say it was very educational about, um, well, I guess that. Yeah, and just remember, everybody, that if you do have a question or you missed the show or you know people that are interested or they have an issue, all you have to do is go on Facebook to Legal Deception, and there's plenty of documents there that you can download. There's There's a whole entire file system of documents that you can um, look over 
And just remember, all of these documents have information that are most of them are copyright, and you could only read them, but have knowledge and um, learn how to better assert yourself in the courtroom. Learn how to defend yourself in there. And that's on Facebook again. It's on legal deception and go into the files. You can download just basically everything that we're talking about here. You can download them. Uh, they're in Word format. Very easy to read. They're not complicated. And um, get better educated before your next court case. Yeah, of course. We have to educate ourselves because, um, like, when you go to court, they, they're like vipers, you know. They're ready to you know, spread the venom on you. Like, uh, you're going to become like a, uh, like a, a like bunny or, or something like you know, you have to wag your tail between your, you know, between your legs, and uh, that's how they own you. The only thing is they own you if you get afraid. That's it. That's the only way they can own. Uh, they're gonna own you unless you're not afraid. You mm -hmm. go there, you give them hard time. That means that. You know, that well, I'm gonna be honest it. with you, and Southern will tell you that Southern let him know and let everybody know what they're doing in here to you is not illegal. Right, Southern? No. What what these people are doing <laughs> is under, under the laws of war is not illegal. Mm -hmm. so, it's surprisingly enough, it's not. I I know everybody thinks it is, but yep. if you get into the international laws of war, and we're going to get into them, it is not illegal under that. Now, I'm not saying it's not morally wrong what they're doing mm -hmm. in that. You, I'm not seeing uh, a lot of things, but the fact of what they, what they're doing with um, these laws of war, is mm -hmm. taking a lot of you. Right, deception is part of the art of war. Okay, and remember that. That's under the Libra Code as well as, you know, many many uh, other laws of war. But. They're not, not breaking any laws, people. When they're doing what they're doing, they're not breaking any laws. It's just that the people have chosen to not do their own homework and not appropriately assert your inherent rights, which people are waking up now and they're starting to realize, hey, that all capital name is not me. And and you know all we're doing here in this show is telling you you're not you're not the name on that birth certificate. Uh -oh. That certificate was given to you by the government for your use, but it belongs to them. Well, and Southern basically, like I said, if your name is John Doe, and you're called into a court, and you're being charged with a charging instrument. You know, and that. what if that's not you? Did they tell you that that was your social security number or, you know, they try to get you by your driver's license number? No, they, they, that's something else they never bring into court. I have they never don't give you anything. They, you'll give them your license and they'll put it to your house and everything. But when you're in that courtroom, they're not using any of those things. When you look at the actual paper, there's nothing identifying you on there except for an all-capital name. Yep. The, only, the, the, the strange thing about these courts, and I've noticed this, mm -hmm. 
is the only thing they want to hear is you just state your name. Yep. Uh, I do know one person, uh, somebody who, it was almost hilarious. They said, uh, state your name. He goes, my mother calls me son. <laughs> yeah. I looked at him and said, what? <laughs> my mother calls me son. He said, state your name. He said, question asked. Question answered. Move on. Next question. <laughs> yeah, and you do. I'm telling you, you have to separate yourself from the name. It's a trap. Because remember, some people don't even know how to write. I know someone that doesn't know how to write. Uh, they sign with an X. You walk up there and you put an X on that paper when they call you. <laughs> that's you. Mm-hmm. You need to look at the, what a signature is. Yeah, you it's a mark and impression. A mark and impression that identifies you. If you mark that paper and you take ownership of something, that's yours. If you don't dispute the validity of what is on that paper and you say, that's not me, you have the wrong person, they better go out and find who that person was, but it wasn't me. If you do fall into their trap and you don't have that kind of money, then pay them with what you have. Mhm. Remember one thing: they 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 cannot tell you what to pay. Mhm. But you need to save that money, Doc, because we're just trying to help you guys. Because I'm telling you that. I know some cases that are open right now, and they don't have the money, and they're just putting in a dollar. Yeah, the courts will be furious, but so what? You gave them a payment. You know me. I don't give them a penny. I put a stamp on my documents, and I say payment is enclosed on the docket. My $1 stamp pays for my paperwork. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Anybody who's ever uh, pulled up the money doc out there uh, on this on this seven, I I'm going to read this. Eighteen U.S.C. twenty three eleven definition states money means the legal tender of the United States or any foreign currency country or any counterfeit thereof. That's that's eighteen USC twenty three eleven. Florida statute five sixty one oh three definitions currency means a coin or paper money of the United States or any other foreign country which is designated as legal tender which circulates and is customarily used and accepted as a medium of exchange, not payment, people, a medium of exchange, okay, in the country of issuance. Currency includes United States silver certificates, United States notes, Federal Reserve notes. Sir, currency also includes official foreign bank notes that are customarily used and accepted as a medium of exchange. Remember those words, medium of exchange, in a foreign country. Okay? 
Monetary value means a medium of exchange whether or not redeemable in currency. Think about what I just said. Monetary value means a medium of exchange. That medium of exchange in South American Colombia is coffee beans. It's also a little white powder, but uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> right? But medium of exchange. What is a medium of exchange? Whatever you exchange. It means you won't want to exchange uh, toothpicks for coffee beans. We can do it. Mm-hmm. It says we have to use their medium. Anything. Now, here's, here's the interesting one. Payment instrument means a check, draft, warrant, right? money order, traveler's check, electronic instrument, or other instruments, payment of money. None of those things have money attached to them. None of them. Or monetary value whether or not negotiable. None of those things have monetary value attached. And you see what it says? Whether or not negotiable. And it's called a payment instrument. Is that a currency, people? No, it's a payment instrument. Now, this is what this says. The term does not include an instrument which is redeemable by the issuer in merchandise or service. So tell me how you're paying your grocery bill with a check. <clears throat> if you can buy something with it or pay a bill or a service with it, it's not a payment instrument anymore. Think about it. How you many there. people think that it's just a better... Do you ever notice anybody that in these definitions you don't hear the word Federal Reserve note? Yes, yes, it's in here. It is in here. No, but I'm talking about as a payment instrument. You ever mm-hmm. notice that the states don't make it mandatory to say you got to pull a Federal Reserve note out of your pocket and pay them? Nope, they can't do it. Nope, let me ask you. A judge wants to commit, forgive me judges out there, but I'm just giving some information for entertainment purposes. I'm sorry um, to all you other agencies out there, too, but I'm just teaching people. But say a judge or a politician or somebody wants to be corrupted. We're not saying that you are. We'll just say that you cannot take a Federal Reserve note, check, visa, wire transfer, because then you're going to get busted, right? So what do they do? They take free flight around the world for about 20 times or they get some prostitutes or they get um, a whole two-week stay in a beautiful hotel. They get to go to Cancun for a month with their family. They're not being paid people with Federal Reserve notes. Now, tell me that a whole two-week stay in a hotel, that's not currency. No, How about no. when you're with a prostitute? That's not currency when you're with a Jezebel, right? <laughs> can you actually, well, yeah, if somebody's going to follow that person around, uh, then you can, char- you, know, you can charge them with, um, you know, uh, corruption, public corruption. But think about how they're being paid, people. They don't want to be caught. There's what do they not- use? 
Let me throw this in here. There is not a single bill that I've seen ever. Bill. All right. Electric bill, water bill, light bill, car payment, mortgage bill that tells you what to pay. I I put this little thing out there called uh, uh, dollar doc. You need to go look at that. That dollar symbol is a peso, people. It is not. It sure is. Okay, I'm going to let you know another secret. The only document you will ever see the word dollar on is what? She will. What? Your checks when you write them. Yep. Only and yeah. the only way for it to be valid is it has to be written in word and with the with the numerical value. Inside. So why your check is invalid. And there was a time I have to pull it up in my bank book, but I will have it for the next show, where one time the United States went under crisis, right? And there was no money. And I believe the banks didn't have any money, but I'll, I'll correct my statement on the next show. And guess what they had to use, people? Mexican pesos to pay the people when, uh, one, and during a crisis of the United States, we've had 14 crises in the last 180 years. And I will try to pull up that actual statement where the United States had to use um, Mexican pesos to uh, settle the debt because they ran out of currency. Uh-huh. All right, we've been on here about an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, two hours and 20 minutes. you want to call it a night? Okay. Yeah, so I'm hoping that everybody enjoyed the show. And next week, what do you want to discuss for next week? Uh, I'm, I'm, about very, I'm very enjoying it, actually. I'm getting more as... As every time we talk about different you know, topics, and um, I mean, it's more educational than you go to law school or even sit in a class and learn about this. They don't teach you this stuff, I believe, at all. We, to my knowledge, we're the only ones out here that are even talking about this stuff. <laughs> you want to talk about, um, if you want, we can try to talk a little bit about the history of patents or we can talk about, um, I'm hoping people are listening to the show and if you have any, any ideas or anything that you want to talk about or anything you want to, uh, a topic, a show topic, um, go to Legal Deception on Facebook and let us know what you would like to hear something about. If we're not touching on something that you want to know more about, let us know, and we'll try to do it like two weeks later. We'll do a show that will specialize in that um, subject matter, and it will give us enough time to go into our books and our references to help you guys better educate yourselves and your families. I think I think next week she will we ought to blow oh, their mind. I think next week we ought to blow their mind with birth certificates. Yeah, we could talk about birth certificates and, and the history of birth certificates. I have a couple of things I can pull out on the history of the birth certificate going way back to England, and maybe we can touch on that topic, and I'll try to pull some extra information on how 
the birth certificates have numerical values all over the world. Mm-hmm. So um, if you guys are interested in that, I will try to pull up some extra references on birth certificates um, that come from all over the world and how they're capitalized as soon as you come to the United States. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about uh, green cards as well? As a, what is uh, that? Well, you know, I said, can we talk about the green cards as well? Like uh, how we... Green all, cards? Uh, uh, yeah, like, you know... There's a how are they gonna keep charging this and that, you know. Well, we're still trying to well, I can talk about a couple of things that we learned about the visas. You know the visas that you people get when you come in here? Yeah, but you see we'll try to post uh, stuff out. Um if you wanna learn something about the green card, I'll try to look up but you gotta give us like two weeks. And we'll try to touch on something about that, but we, we need, like, at least a two-week window to look up uh, everything we can about that subject matter. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll try to look up some information about the green cards and the history of the green cards. Otherwise, That's I hope nice you face. guys enjoyed the show and Southern. Yes, ma'am. It's a very good show. A lot of good info. Uh, yeah, a lot of good feedback info. online. People are uh, excited. That yeah. Some people that missed it, they're excited to be able to uh, hear the recording. So once we get this set off, we'll be able to uh, get on it in about a couple hours. So. Well, thank you very much. And whoever is recording the show, I want to thank them. And like I said, people, if you have a topic that we're not touching on, I have a favorite topic, and my specialty for the last 15 years, uh, well, one, I used to be a clerk of the court, but I used to be a clerk in itself. And the second thing, my, my, my number one topic is when DCF comes to take your children. I did that for 15 years and help people get their kids back. But I think um, I'm looking for a lot of moms and dads to get on the show so I can teach you guys some tips and tricks on how the DCF will deceive you and make you uh, uh, actually foil your plans for getting your children back. So if you're interested, just let me know, and I'll do a special um, uh, night on just DCF cases. Sounds good. Okay, people. You have a good night, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good night. We'll see you again. Thank you, and may God bless you all. Same here. All righty. Thank you. Bye-bye. That wraps up licenses. Stay tuned next week for the next episode of what seems to be on birth certificates. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.